Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast for Centuries and Saints. This is your host, Scott Matson. I'm really excited for our episode today. We will be continuing what we started last week, looking at the attribute of God's love from a biblical and a theological perspective. So I hope you enjoy the episode, and let's get into it right now. Uh, as you know, if you've been listening for the last several weeks, well, actually the last, I think, six weeks, month and a half now, uh, we have been doing a series focusing on the attributes of God, uh, getting to know the Lord and just appreciating who He is and using the Bible as our foundation to really get to know the character and the nature of our God. Uh, the first week, we did an introduction to God's attributes. Uh, the three weeks following, we did a look at the holiness of God and what that means and, and what it means that God is holy. And then the following week, we did a teaching on the aseity of God, which just means his self-existence, the fact that he's eternal and that he has no beginning and that he is being and existence in and of itself, that he is not dependent on anything, but in fact, he is the one upon whom all are dependent. He created everything. The triune God of the Bible is the creator of all things. And then last week, we began a look at the love of God. And so that's what we will be continuing today, just looking at the great, great love of our God and what that means biblically and theologically and, and practically for us as his children, as Christians, you know, what that, what that looks like. Okay, so uh, this week we're going to be taking a look at several aspects of the love of God, uh, his love manifested to us in the atonement, uh, you know, the work of Christ on the cross his loyalty and his faithfulness towards us. Okay, we're going to see this week and and Lord willing next week, and we'll see how long we talk about the love of God. Uh, But we're going to see, and this is great news, that God's love towards us as his people is not simply just sort of like a mushy, gooey sentiment. Uh, So much of the definition of love in our modern 21st century culture, especially here in America, unfortunately, uh, is that it's basically just sort of a goopy, uh, emotional-driven acceptance of all things, you know, that would never speak a word of correction, uh, you know, no truth, just, hey, I'm okay, you're okay, live and let live. You know, I think it was the Beatles that sang that. I don't know. I'm not a Beatles fan, just to be honest with you. But anyways, hey, uh, I don't care for their music. But whatever, I don't know who sang that song. I don't really care. Uh, but that's kind of the definition that we see of love in our modern culture. You know, uh, however, biblically, agape love, the love of God, God is love. First John says that God is agape love. And that is a steadfast, faithful, keeping, loyal, uh, furious in the best sense of the word, love, a zealous, jealous, passionate love that never lets go. And that always has the highest good of the object loved in mind. And so we can thank God for that, that his love is so much bigger and better and different than the modern definitions of love that we see in our culture that are shallow and weak and quite honestly, just lame, you know? So praise God that his love is bigger than all of that. Okay, so, uh, well, let's dive in and take a look at some different aspects of the love of God that we see in the scriptures and and how those things apply to us and, and just be thankful and appreciative to our God you know, for his kindness and his faithfulness to us. 
Okay, so to start off today, I want to point out that we see in the Bible that God's love is a sacrificial love. Okay, and this is demonstrated to us most notably in the person and work of Christ and in the atonement. And the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 5, verses 8 through 10, quote, But God demonstrates his own love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. For if, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So that's the Romans 5, 8 through 10. The Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, telling us that God has completely and totally and finally demonstrated his great love for his people, that while we were still dead in our sins, rebelling against him, having made ourselves his enemies, he came and humbly laid his life down and died for us so that we could be reconciled to him and live. That is incredible. Okay, the Apostle John writes in 1 John 4, 9 and 10, In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us, and sent his Son to to be the propitiation for our sins. Okay, so we see in these two sections of scripture, uh, the infinite love of God for his people, and that God's love is a sacrificial love. Okay, that God truly has our best in mind, because that's what love really is. It's having uh, the best in mind and the highest good for the object of that love. Okay, it's not selfish or self-seeking. It's an others-centered love. That's what true love is. And we see that in the scriptures. God's love is a sacrificial love. Secondly, God's love is an eternal love. In Jeremiah 31, 3, we read this, the Lord appeared to him from afar saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have drawn you with loving kindness. Okay, that's Jeremiah 31, 3. Now, that's such a fantastic, fantastic promise. It's beautiful uh, because this is the same section of scripture in which we see God uh, through Jeremiah prophesying the new covenant to his people, the everlasting covenant that he would make with them, that he would remove their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh and write his law upon their minds. Okay, it's the new covenant in Christ. And God was prophesying that to his people, Israel, uh, through Jeremiah in this section. And in this same exact place where he's doing that, he's telling them, I've loved you with an everlasting love. So go with me here uh, back to a couple weeks ago, talking about the aseity of God and his eternality, uh, his self-existence. All right. And that God has never learned anything. As we talked about, God is eternal. He has no beginning and no end. He is, he just is. He is the I am. He is God. He's eternal. And we know that God is omniscient. He knows all things. He has never learned anything. So based on the scriptures, we believe that God has always known everything, which means that God has never learned anything. Okay. So that means that if God has ever known something, he's always known something. And when we apply that to God's love, it means that if God loves you and me today, he's always loved us. He didn't start loving us the moment that we were born or conceived or the moment that he saved us. No, he's loved us from the very beginning, from eternity past. God has ever loved you. He's always loved you. 
and he has, and he does be assured of that today, you know, and that's such a beautiful thing because again, and we see the apostle Paul talking about this throughout the scriptures in his different letters uh, that the Holy Spirit inspired him to write, you know, that God chose to love us because that was his choice. It's not because of something found in us. It's unconditional love. His love is not conditioned on anything in us. It's based upon who he is. It's his unconditional eternal love. Remember, God has never learned anything. God has always known everything. And so he's always known us. He's always known all of our sin and all of our flaws and failures. And yet, he's also always loved us and chosen to save us. And it's such a beautiful thing. So be assured of that, that if God has ever loved you, which he has, he's always loved you. So that's such a great, great part of God's love that we see in the Bible, the, that God's love is an eternal love. Thirdly, God's love is a humble love. Now, humility is not one of the aspects of God's nature that we typically hear discussed or talked about, especially in theological circles, but it is important because we see it in the Bible. And as most specifically in the incarnation, we see the fact that humility is a part of God's nature. Okay, Jesus told us in John 14, 9, that if we've seen him, we've seen the Father. Okay, which means uh, that Jesus is, again, he is God in the flesh. He is the exact representation of the Father. And the writer of Hebrews tells us in the first chapter that in these last days, God has spoken to us by his Son. So God's final word, the way that God has spoken to us most clearly, demonstrably, and loudly is through his son, Jesus. And what did Jesus do? How did Jesus demonstrate the father's love and the father's nature? By taking on himself the form of a servant and humbly laying his life down for his enemies. This humble aspect of God's love and God's character is something, again, that we see ultimately manifested and displayed through, through Jesus' ministry and through his sacrificial, substitutionary death and resurrection on the cross. It's amazing uh, to even think about this, but God humbles himself. He chooses to humble himself to love and serve his people. It's just incredible. Man, we see that in God's love. It's a humble love, Okay incredible. Man, this God that we serve is amazing. The sovereign of the universe, almighty, all glorious and holy. And yet he also takes on himself humility. It's amazing. This God that we serve. (laughs) Incredible. Love it. And then fourthly, God's love is a loyal love. And this is kind of where I want to camp out uh, for the remainder of our time together today. And in the old Testament, one of the Hebrew words that is repeated over and over again is the Hebrew word chesed. And that word is sometimes translated loving kindness, mercy, love, etc. But basically it speaks to the fact that the love of God is a loyal love. The word chesed, from what I understand, and I don't know Hebrew, but from what I understand, it accurately translates and conveys the idea of steadfastness. Okay? That God commits himself by oath to the good of his people Israel in the Old Testament and in the New Testament commits himself by oath to the good of all of his people as Christians. And the word chesed in the Old Testament is the word used to describe God's covenant faithful love towards his people. It means steadfast love, which means that God has committed himself and sworn himself by himself to love his people forever. In other words, he is loyal to us and he is loyal in his love towards us. Okay, so go with me to the Old Testament book of Hosea. 
All right. And we see this idea of God's loyal love uh, played out most demonstrably in the book of Hosea. Okay. So if you guys know the story at all really quickly, I will sum it up. Uh, God's people, Israel, his covenant people were continually, continually, pardon me, going astray and committing spiritual adultery against him. So what God does is God raises up a prophet named Hosea. Okay, and then God instructs Hosea to marry a woman named Gomer, a woman who was a prostitute. And God had Hosea marry this woman, knowing that Gomer would continually cheat on Hosea and be with other men and break his heart, but that Hosea would always take her back despite her unfaithfulness. Now, it's kind of a strange thing, but that's what God had his man do in order to show outwardly to Israel that although Israel is continually going astray spiritually and committing spiritual adultery against him, that he was still faithful to his people and would take them back and love them and still be their husband. So we know from the Old Testament that Israel was continually committing spiritual adultery against God by worshiping idols, engaging in pagan sexual practices and debauchery, um, robbing the poor, shedding innocent blood, etc. You know, and we see in the New Testament, in the Gospels, where Jesus rebukes the Pharisees, uh, especially in Matthew 23. Read that chapter if you want to see a look at what God's wrath and anger looks like, his just wrath. And read Matthew 23, and Jesus takes the Pharisees to the woodshed, you know, for the fact that they do all of their religious practices outwardly, but inwardly they were just ravenous wolves and empty tombs and full of dead men's bones. So we see that all throughout the scriptures that God's people go astray. And yet, in spite of all of that, God remained faithful to his people. Even when his people were not faithful to him, he was faithful to his people. And that speaks to the fact that God's love is a loyal love. And he showed that outwardly to his people in the Old Covenant and to his people in the New Covenant, as we read the scriptures, uh, through the story of Hosea and Gomer. So I would encourage you to check out the book of Hosea if you haven't read that one ever or in a while. And just really focus on the fact that, man, God's love is that chesed, steadfast, keeping love. It's a loyal love. And all through the scriptures, we see God demonstrating his love for his people. And man, as Christians how grateful we should be that we've been redeemed and chosen by God and saved by him from all eternity past. You know, read Ephesians chapter one, just talking about uh, the work of each person of the Trinity in our salvation. And it's mind blowing. It's just amazing uh, that it's a work of God and he's, he's chosen to set his love upon us. It's just amazing and incredible. And so again, we see, you know, that God's love is sacrificial. It's eternal. It's humble and loyal. And I mean, there's so much else. I mean, good grief. We could talk about this for a lifetime and, and never exhaust the love of God, of course, <laughs> you know, uh, but we don't have a lifetime. We've only got a few minutes. So, uh, man, I just pray that you guys have been blessed today as we've been looking at the love of God, this attribute of God, that God is love, you know, and I, I just love studying this, this part of our God's nature. And may the Lord bless and keep you guys in his loyal, steadfast love in Jesus' name. Well, thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. Again, for Centuries and Saints, this is your host, Scott Matson. I appreciate you listening, and I hope that this teaching on the love of God has been a blessing to you. So once again, please visit us at the podcast store, rate us, write us a review, it really helps get the word out. Really appreciate all you guys who listen. And for Centuries and Saints, until next week, this is Scott Matson. 
May God bless you.